Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. The mission of Dealing with Goliath is to sharpen the psychological edge in business leaders with skin in the game who want to be more effective under pressure, uncover hidden value and increase profitability. With expert guests across the business spectrum, we deliver gems of, ins- gems of insight and wisdom delving into their methods, their thinking and approach to business, life and problem solving. This is the double espresso shot through our short interview format with five questions in about 15 minutes. I'm your host, Al McBride, and my guest today is Bill Pratter. Bill earned his reputation as America's business alchemist by helping business owners and entrepreneurs break free of inertia and accelerate into the future they dream of. He loves nothing better than sharing what he's learned by working with those who are dissatisfied with the status quo and eager to transform themselves and their business. He created Scaleology and the Business Mastery System as the core foundational principles of dynamic and continuous business growth. A typical client of his sees their company rising to a position of preeminence and is not satisfied with just getting to the next level. He's helped business owners and entrepreneurs in more than 50 different industries achieve real measurable results using his unique approach to growing revenue, increasing cash flow, and magnifying business value. So, Bill, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you. I'm fantastically happy to be here, Al. I'm very glad to hear it. Where are you joining us from today, Bill? So I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's about uh, 60 degrees and super sunny. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, It is not here in Dublin, Ireland. I'll tell you that for nothing, so I'm glad one of us is happy with it. Uh, We will dive straight in. So, Bill, Bill, who is your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Okay, thanks for the question. That's a great one. Uh, Because you did mention 50 industries. So what do 50 industries have in common? So, uh, and and really what it is, is that uh, business owners, entrepreneurs of all sizes uh, go through what I see as three phases. And it doesn't matter if uh, the, the business is doing less than 100,000 U.S. A, a, a year or 100 million U.S. per year. Uh, wow. These same three phases uh, apply generally. And the first one is the phase where the, where the, where the business is the boss. So you can think of uh, Ella Fitzgerald, and she's a life coach. And her business is her life coaching people. And she's reached a point where she says, wow, why can't I get my business larger? Why does it take me so much time? Why am I up every night at 9 p.m.? Why do I skip uh, my children's uh, ballet practices time and time again. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of phase one. Phase two is where people start realizing that they've got to separate themselves a bit from their business and they'll move into where the business depends on them, Mm -hmm. but they're no longer the only actor. So at this point, they may have uh, many, many employees, but the employees tend to rely 
on the owner and they keep uh, asking for help or they'll have a problem and they'll seek out the owner and say, what do I do in this situation? And so they move their business needle, maybe revenue now is two or three times what it used to be, L, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're still in place where the business depends on them. Gotcha. The third stage is where finally they've reached the point where they and the business are independent, meaning that they're almost like the investor. And the business is able to operate, uh, get new clients, provide the services and products, uh, make profit uh, profits, enough profits for the owner to be able to come in once in a while or never at all. So those are kind of the three phases. And so uh, years ago, Al, I found myself basically in phase two. So I moved my business where I had I had a hundred some employees, but it still re- relied on me. So I was I felt trapped, and I did all the things I just des- described. So my typical client is somebody that owns a business of any sort of size and feels constrained by the business, feel that they're trapped and they get frustrated. And when they get to that point, usually they'll figure out some way to to find me to help them out of that uh, dead end, if you will. Outstanding. And and do you do you usually move people? Is it usually from stage two, as you say, to stage three mostly, or does it vary? Uh, I would say that uh, I move them mostly in the, from those stages. Oh. However, if I go look at my client base, many, many, many of them, Al, are what I'll call solopreneurs. They're all by themselves. Gotcha. And they might be doing... Uh, maybe low six figures and, and, and they're trying to get out of that. So, so most of them though have a one, two, maybe three staff and they want to get to the point where they can get their business volume or revenue or turnover up by 10 times or more. And so that's ideally where, where the, if you will, the dynamic growth can take place. Okay. But uh, the majority, and as far as numbers of people, have little teeny businesses. Okay. So it's, it's replacing yourself as the business owner in a certain degree from the, the, the day-to-day necessities. So basically, the business can run without you. So whether you're on vacation or on another project or whatever, it won't grind to a halt if you're not there to, to make decisions. Okay. It sounds very much like it's the entrepreneurial dream. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So- well, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Uh, so when you say dream, uh, if you think about, uh, about uh, many people have, have started a business mm-hmm. or they've acquired a business moving from some sort of a corporate job or a company right. job. So they, they're in this job and they maybe have been promoted two or three times, but they don't feel free. And so they'll found a business with the, no, I'm just, I'm kind of chunking this up, but with the grand vision of personal freedom. And then when they get their business, they find they didn't get the personal freedom. And so they think, well, wait a minute, that didn't work the way I was told. I felt that if I left my, my job with, uh, with uh, IBM, and here I am, a business owner, I'd be free, and I'm not free at all. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way to, to, to put it. So they start with a dream, and then they become frustrated because they have not realized what they want, and they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Typical solutions are, gee, 
I'll go online because I think I should get involved with Facebook ads. So they'll start Facebook ads. Okay, and you're, you're prompting my next question of, here, Bill. It's just one of the common mistakes people make when they're trying to solve them. So, yeah, okay, they're looking beautiful, around going, beautiful. Okay, how do I do? So they go so, to Facebook yeah. ads is one thing, right? right. Well, <laughs> it's not necessarily Facebook ads, but let's just call these all tactical things. Exactly. So tactics, L, as you and I know, tactics are things that you do because they're working at the time. And then at some point in time, you need to stop doing them and put in a new tactic. So they're a level lower than strategy. So vision would be the top level. What's your dream for the future? The next level down is strategy. What do you plan to do to realize that ultimate dream, personal freedom, let's call it. Most people have that. And then what tactics will we use in the moment to to help me accomplish that strategy to reach my dream. And what happens, and I don't mean to pick on Facebook ads, but what I mean to say, Al, is that there is an entire, if you will, industry that's that's devoted to selling things to business owners and entrepreneurs. And so they they package them up is in as pretty a package as they can. So if, 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 if somebody's trying to convince somebody to use Facebook ads, they'll create sales pages and, uh, and email swipe copy and so forth, and they'll convince people to do that tactic. Gotcha. Or maybe it's uh, writing blog posts, or maybe it's uh, interviewing experts in the field, or maybe it's uh, hiring a virtual assistant uh, in Argentina. All of those things are tactics. So the biggest mistake, Al, that business owners and entrepreneurs makes is trying out randomly all sorts of different tactical things that end up ultimately not working and, in fact, make the problem worse. It's very interesting because it sounds like people aren't quite – it's not shiny object syndrome where they're, they're completely distracted. They are actually focused on an outcome. But as you said, it's not coherently part of a wider and deeper strategy, which would get them out of, as you said, essentially it's that, it's that difference, as they say, between being self-employed and a business owner. The self-employed person has essentially swapped one job for another, but they have far more, as I use the phrase, skin in the game because – if they don't bring in the sales or their team doesn't bring in the sales, it's often them that will suffer at the end of the day or the end of the year, right? Whereas if you're at least in a corporate job, you know, it's the, the wages, you have that dependable. So a lot more stress in there. So they don't have the vision at the highest level. And then, as you said, they're maybe lacking a lot of strategy and they're trying, they're trying some of those tactics. So what might be one valuable free action that the audience could implement, people in that situation could implement to help them with that issue. So it won't solve it, but at least point them in the in the in the right in the right direction. So um, I uh, I recommend the following exercise, and it might take a full day. Uh, I, I recommend actually doing it frequently, maybe annually, and that is this: uh, make a list of every single thing that you do in a day. Uh, it, that'll probably take um, m- several days, maybe even a month 
to make this list because uh, every every day people don't necessarily do everything. But over a course of a month, this list will end up with I'm I'm gonna guess 150 things on it, and and I don't mean say marketing. You don't want to write down marketing. You want to write down uh, uh, reading email, uh, sending email. Uh, reading having a, to do Facebook yeah, 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 write these right. specific actions right. now you've got this list now we, what we need to do is step two of, of that after you've got that now we're into this day that I'm describing you got the list what we need to do is to, is to sort this list down and so I recommend a simple scatter diagram uh, with two scales L scale one it can be vertical or horizontal. Doesn't matter. Right, Scale right. one is ability. How good are you at doing that? Whatever it may be. So let's just pick something out and say writing a writing a blog post. Okay. What's your level of skill? Ten, and I just simply like ten is great, one is grand. So you're a six or a seven or a two, whatever you are. The other scale is what I call love. So do you love doing it? Do you love doing it? So 10 is I absolutely love it, and one is I absolutely hate it. So then you go through this list of 150 things, and you, you score them, ten on ability, uh, one to 10 on ability, one to 10 on, on love. Right. Step three, Al, is you would take that, uh, that that new list now with the with the two numbers, and you would score it in your field, your scatter diagram. So all the ten tens would be up in the upper right. One corner, yep. <laughs> then down. Yeah, right. and the okay. one ones are in the lower left, and then all that uh, things will take place. Then you want to basically uh, isolate the the upper right corner is the things you should be doing, and then embark on a plan to get everything else hired out, delegated out, uh, hire somebody to do it, get a contractor to help you, uh, do everything in your power to do that, and have that list in front of you all the time. So, It's a uh, great uh, systematic, uh, structured way of, of answering that question and really knowing, you know, where do I add the most value? And also, as you said, it's not just the value externally that maybe you're very good at something, but you don't particularly enjoy it. It's hard to get better at it if you don't particularly enjoy it. Whereas this, as I said, is bringing that right up to that top quadrant. Very, very interesting. Yeah, so I, I love when you said value because part the next thing you do after you get that done is, is, is assign a, a dollar value. What's the value per hour? to your business of doing such and such a thing. So it's possible, for example, that you love something and you're really good at it, but it's completely worthless relative to your business. So that would be the second thing you'd do. So that's the uh, valuable free activity or action people can take. Do that ranking, then put the value down and make sure that you personally or working on the highest value things. And see, the way that would work, Al, is when you finally get to the place where your your involvement with the business is very, very small, 
See, now all you're left with is things like creating and maintaining the vision, which is an extremely high-value item, and you can do that while you're fishing, while you're on vacation, whilst the business day-to-day is running. Work on the dreaming. Okay, when you're wearing that CEO hat, so to speak, rather than the doer hat necessary. Okay, yeah. good. So what is one valuable free resource that you could direct people to that would help them with that? Or with All right, so Al, knowing that I'd be talking to you today, uh, I put together a, a page. Uh, it's a, basically a master class, so it would be scalology.guru slash Scalology dash masterclass. Ah, Scalology dot masterclass. Okay, I have a I have a slightly different uh, URL, so I'll make sure to have that beneath uh, the podcast on the video. Yeah, I, I, I probably I, I probably sent you something, and I've changed it up a little bit. And so what, so what that is uh, is that's a place where people can go, even in any stage. So there's two separate masterclasses there. One's designed for solopreneurs, and the other is designed for large business owners. Excellent, excellent. That sounds like a, an excellent resource. Brilliant stuff. So what's one question I should have asked you that would have been of great value to our audience? Well, okay, so the one question that you should have asked is, when you get to stage three, where the business operates independently of you, what's the next move? Uh-huh. And the next move really is, is where I came up with the co- whole concept of scalology. And what we, so if you take a look at companies that are in that category, businesses, where the owner is independent of the business, that's when unbelievably rapid scaling can take place. So then now you're moving from getting to that point to then becoming a preeminent player in your niche or your industry. And after you become preeminent, what can you do next? Well, you can be the dominant player in your market. You can be the do- a dominant player in market. After you get to be a dominant player, well, what's next? Well, you can be number one in your niche. So once you arrive at that stage three, then you need to have it kind of ratchet up your dream, really. And so that's the third. And so the, the, the scalology model which has three parts, Al. One part one is mindset, and that's really where your focus is, mm-hmm. teaching people how to think like a market master or think with an idea of dominance or think with the idea of becoming preeminent. That's the mindset, if you will. And then number two, uh, just when I gave you that scatter diagram, uh, is that you need to have a, a management system that will operate inside your business at all levels of revenue and numbers of employees and so forth. You need to have some permanence so your business is not operating in a whack-a-mole environment. Instead, it's it's an organized, systematic approach. And then the third one is, in in the exercise we talked about earlier, Al, gets people there, and that is to understand the power, the unbelievable power in building and then leveraging a high-performance team. So it's mindset, system, and team. Outstanding stuff. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much, Bill. And I cannot recommend that masterclass enough. I'm going to dive into it very shortly. I, I know you for a number of years now at this stage, I think. And uh, from our interactions, I know the, the level of value that you bring. So thank you very much for being on the podcast, Bill. Great to have you. Thanks, Al, for having me here. I enjoyed it very much.